1: All right, all right, all right. Happy Friday, everybody. Coach Lois here. Super excited, as always, to have another amazing guest on this live show. If you are tuning in live today, as always, you know the drill. We love to acknowledge you for being here. Uh, This is the Healthy and Wealthy and Wise program, and we do live stream in multiple places. And you guys are always welcome to comment. Also, hashtag replay if you are on the replay. We also love um, sharing is caring. So if you see value in today's show and with this special guest, and we're talking about a topic that is literally near and dear to my heart, um, because I had a huge shift. As you guys know, I just relaunched um, my program. My membership community also rebirthed my podcast. So Brian is like a great guest to kick off the new year of my show. We're heading into... Um, 300 shows heading into my third year of this healthy and wealthy and wise and really focusing more on um, our spiritual truth about business and coming from the heart. So Brian, I'm so excited to have you here today. And I I know you've got 60 years, as you would say, of research and development, you show up to serve humanity to make it a better place. And in doing so, you've supported a lot of people. Um, in business and in their personal journeys. So, tell us more about you and and uh, why heart based business outperforms business as usual. There's got to be a story there.
2: Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Do we have a couple of hours?
1: I know, right? I know, I know. <laughs> Not, no, we don't.
2: <laughs> well, thank you for thank you for sharing the time with me and allowing me to come join you on this uh, this uh, fun endeavor that you do. So, uh, my story. Uh, Really starts with a very wonky childhood, but I, I won't go into all the details of what that was. It was just a, you know, just a, a kind of a brutal childhood in many ways. And so, as a as a young person, I started to figure out that if I wanted things that weren't coming to me in other way, I had to figure out a way to go get them. And so I became entrepreneurial fairly young. Uh, I've been doing my first business was a lemonade stand at age nine with my neighborhood friends it was not a successful day at the table with the lemonade and all that stuff because of location busy street nobody could stop but we learned we learned and uh and then i became a lawn cutting business guy at age 12 because Mm -hmm. i had an eye on a 10 speed bike that i wanted not one little not a. I have i have even from the youngest of age i had rich tastes So I had this, my sights on something that today would probably be like a $3,000 bicycle. So I worked my summer, um, cutting lawns with a lawnmower that I bought that was broken. And I repaired for a few pennies and just got into the lawn cutting business. Mm -hmm. And then in that thing, I started to learn your, you only have so much time in the day. So it limits how much money you make. So you start looking for other ways to make money. So, um, the thing that was most important in my journey though, wasn't all the smart business things and the metrics of business and, and all those other things. The, the the most powerful thing that happened in my journey was learning about people and the human condition and inside of that very much learning about myself because that wonky childhood that I just referred to, um, left me curating my existence and not living an internal, with an internal compass or conversation. That was too painful, and all, and then actually very challenging to do. So, I can't, in this form here, with this little bit of time we have left, explain how I made that transition from this sort of fear-based, curated, make sure everybody sees me the way I want to be seen world to just being seen as I am world. Um, just let's say I made that transition, and in the process of those those transitions, uh, those transformations over the years, I started to develop a completely different philosophy about how business is really supposed to work so um, i imagine lois you know what the great resignation is right oh yeah yeah so we have people now who are because of covid they had were either forced to or maybe given the luxury of staying home with some hopefully they were getting some support from uh, our uh, our safety net systems to allow them to evaluate their lives and take stock of what's going on. And the reason for the great resignation in in large part is because people, people realized I'm just a cog in that machine. I don't count for much over there and people really want to matter. They really want to have purpose. And that's where I've been going with this philosophy about business for the last 20 years. And as the the more recent years, even more, more focused on uh, the ideas is that business needs to rest as much in love as much as, a romantic relationship, a parent-child relationship, uh, friends of friends, whatever. Love is a very, very central aspect to what's being um, in a part of a successful business. In fact, businesses that are not moving into this area of authenticity and mm-hmm. postures of heart-centered love characteristics, supporting mm-hmm. humanity rather than just money, those businesses are dying. We're seeing evidence of all the time, and COVID killed a lot of those businesses. So, so now we're starting to see businesses recognizing what it takes to thrive. And my energy has been there for a long time. And now this is like the perfect time for me to just go ahead and focus on guiding people to getting a thriving business. That's an extension of having a thriving life and heart. And, uh, and as you and I would argue a spiritual enrichment in the process.
1: Yeah, you know, I was on your show last month and um, we talked uh, at length about an hour and a half of about this topic. And gosh, there, there is so much to unpack there, I guess. How does one, I know the answer for me now because I just went through it. <laughs> I was not connected and you knew me before, right? And you knew yeah. um, that I was kind of lost and, and, and it was because I had compared myself, the American dream, I was looking outside myself for the answers, I wasn't always like that. It was just was a byproduct of same thing as you being triggered by old childhood wounds that as you said, were wonky, right? Mm -hmm. And then boom, fast forward as an adult, you know, having a family needing to make money and feeling that internal pressure, I was so stuck in my head and outside of my heart. So for someone who's listening, that might be like, whoa, I think that's me, or they, they maybe just resigned and they quit and they're they trying to build their own business because they were that cog in the wheel and likely also stuck up here And instead of here. How do they start to make that shift or transition to their heart?
2: Well, I mean, let's first of all just say is it doesn't have to be somebody wants to start a business. They could just be looking for a career path or a professional path that matters to them. They feel important and that those do exist. Um, So, and I would argue whether or not it's professional path or a a a business path, uh, whether you're going to start as an entrepreneur or join another partnership or where the case may be, that it's inherent that we find a path to our authentic selves. And there's no judgment if you are not living authentically today, because most of us have never had that opportunity. Until we get there, we don't even know what it's like. We just know we're not typically we're not happy, Um, and that's kind of like the. Like the register for this thing is, I'm not happy and I got to do something. I don't know what to do. And um, that is a huge part of humanity. Uh, and then as far as what to do, and, and I would say, hey, uh, Coach Lois. One of the things that makes these things easier is having somebody who's kind of walked the walk and been there just far enough ahead of you that they know how to guide you to the light of what's going to work for you. And so just spend the energy getting somebody who can quali- be of quality mentorship to you that you trust. You need to trust them because they're going to be brutal sometimes and say, I'm calling you on your BS. That's, you know, whatever it is, because a good coach will do that. A good <laughs> coach will say, we're not going to do circle talk here. Let's get back to the subject, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And also inside of things like I'm a hypnotherapist by training. I have a lot of other modalities that I used to support people. So sometimes, and for example, you know, I've offered to you that, you, that your clients who may need just a little sojourn into that rapid recovery type thing that, Mm -hmm. you know, they could come, we could take care of those things, and then they can remain uh, under the tutelage of your excellent coaching. Um, And then we could have uh, uh, a mechanism for speeding people along. There are no shortcuts, but we can cut the red tape on these journeys that if we try to figure it out by ourselves, that's a giant ball of red tape.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll be honest, uh, guys. uh, And you know my story, I talked about it on your show. Mm -hmm. It it was uh, the first six months, I called it the dark night of the mind. I used to call Mm -hmm. it the dark night of the soul. And one of my spiritual mentors said, uh, no, your soul is whole, (laughs) perfect, and complete. And is like ready to win and shine your light and just go out and be this amazing, you know, little perfect child that we were born before we got, you know, programmed. But the mind. <laughs> so I had to break through a lot of things and I was trying to do it on my own um, because I was tired of hiring. I spent so much money before trying to fix myself, right mm-hmm. And the, the journey is always within. That's why hypnotherapy is so powerful and what you you do or have done is so powerful. You know, it was until that second six months that I actually got the right support and the right help that I was able to, you know, like you said, have a someone holding a mirror with love and compassion in front of me, not the old school coaches, taskmaster and, you know, things like that. Right,
2: right. You want them to be firm, but and you still need to be compassionate and kind in their support for you. Because what, the last thing we want to do is put new wounds into the story. So, oh,
1: so,
0: and I did that. I did that. I, I don't know if
1: you can speak to this. Like I was. I, not ironically, this is one of the things that I learned, and I'd love your take on this. When I was coming from my not enough wound, when I was selling from my not enough wound, which caused me to be a people pleaser, bending over backwards. Thank you, sir. May I have another, if you know what I mean? Yeah. And just taking it, right? And not. Those
2: well, feelings are real tough.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> not standing up in my, my alignment and my truth with my heart. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I had all sorts of—I uh, call it masculine energy—not—not not men, but that—that that logic, that numbers, that push, push, push energy. I was hiring people like that to help me, and then that just made it be prolonged. So how how can people, you know, recognize that and and realize that? Oh my gosh! I think I'm working with the wrong person, or I'm headed in the wrong direction. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I think the way to know that is—is is whether you feel at peace at the end of the conversations which you have. Um, I, we've all, many of us, even if we haven't been through coaching experiences, have probably heard this phrase is what you focus on expands or what persists, what you, what you resist persists or what the case may be. And I will argue that if you have been forcing things, which is a form of resistance, because you're still resisting uh, setting your path inside of your authentic self, you're still doing it from an outside kind of willpower type thing. You, were gonna, you will get other people in your universe who will meet you at that level. Uh, we, uh, our relationships are so commonly, if not always, mirrors of how we are showing up and that we will need to uh, do some extra perceptive searching for somebody who's outside of that resistance or outside of that victim state or outside of the other unhappiness that we're experiencing so that we can find somebody who says, I have a path for you. And I think for me, one of the things is when people say I'm a healer, I would say, be cautious. If they say I'm a guide, that's better. If they promise you results, be cautious. If they promise you a path, that's probably better. And then if they're selling, you know, and, and what I mean by these things too is this, I guarantee you, if you work with me, you'll have $60,000 in your pocket by the end of 30 days. Run, sure. you know, run.
1: Yeah, I guess that path, um, which again, for me is a very masculine, in some ways, manipulative mm-hmm. path. Um, so, and, and I, get it, I get it, so I stopped doing it, but I even did that for a while because that's what was modeled to me, again, because I was looking outside myself for the answers and trusting my analytical mm-hmm. mind, which is not, which is not our um, I know you said that you have so much to share and and you know not enough time, but we but if you wanted to share more depths of how you self-discovered why a heart-based business outperforms business as usual. And, and maybe maybe explain that concept first so people know what it really means.
2: Well, we would be skipping over a lot of stuff in terms of how I learned this. Well let's just presume that I learned in a very powerful way that made it very meaningful for me to to once this was revealed to me i'm going oh gosh this makes a big difference and so Mm -hmm. um i've been an entrepreneur my whole life i've made and i'll use the word spent millions in my lifetime so money is not the arbiter of success by the way anybody holds that up and says this is what makes you successful then they probably have some miserable relationships in their reach and a lot of other stuff going on so I want you to look at somebody, when you're looking, talking to people about success, find out who's happy. I mean, happy is is probably the best success. And people can have money inside of happiness and people can have material things inside of success. But there's so much more to our journeys. You know, we've all heard the expression, you can't take it with you. Well, yeah, you can't. And so having a nice car, that's great. That's a momentary, safe, uh, maybe safety and comfort thing or yeah. maybe an image thing. But i I would argue that uh, and I'm not saying don't go get a nice car. I'm just saying that should not be the focus for us. and the way and the way I discovered this was um in I made it in during my lifetime and I talked you know, jokingly, I shared with you I did sixty plus years of research and research development,
1: and development. Because, <laughs> um, yeah because
2: my lifetime is a giant r and d thing, right you know so um so one of the things that's going to be an important part of this discussion is is, In my early years, I never had a mentor, I never had a guide, I never had a coach, because I had such low trust for anybody else that I said, I'll take care of it myself, I'll figure it out myself. And I tell you, it's possible to figure it out yourself. But as you just said earlier, and I can personally attest to, that's a slow-ass way to go. It could take you decades, and I'm going to tell you from my own personal journey, it was decades before I got certain kinds of clarity. On what it is that allows us to be happy, fulfilled, abundant. And uh, I think for me, the most important aspect of abundance is the quality of the relationships in my journey. I would never have known you if I wasn't in this framing I am today, because Mm -hmm. I would have seen you as a competitor or annoyance or something like that in my path, because I would have been calculating everything as a transaction and how much am I going to get out of it. And, you know, I'm not, you know, So, you know, friendships and Mm -hmm. family and those things, as you know yourself, you just you've shared that with me on the show. And right now, those are like that's the measure of abundance and the ability to move through society in an easy way uh, is also a measure of abundance. And that does include money and an easy talking style with people that you learn when you become authentic and all these other things that take place. So you're asking in terms of the sales model. So i sorry, I'm sorry. A little long circle to get around to this. Perfect. But in the process of the, my journey, um, I needed to shift from that curated external imaged version of myself to one that was able to look inside and have that conversation with myself. And and you probably hear people go, oh, I had to learn to love myself. <laughs> That's very important <laughs> because the until you learn to love yourself, you can't be comfortable with yourself. Until you become comfortable with yourself, you tend to be inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And we'd never get taught this. Parents don't most, most parents don't teach us this. School certainly doesn't do that. It's kind of life that gets us there. And a coach that's been there before you can get you there a little bit more efficiently and you know, quickly. So um, when I finally opened myself up to getting some coaching, and I will, again, certain things, certain milestones along the way uh, opened the door for me to be like, okay, this is scary, but I trust Somebody enough to be my coach. And that coach was kind of what I described as kind of like called me on my junk, praised me when I was making progress, was compassionate about where I was coming from and where I needed to go, and was an extremely good guide in terms of it saying, you know, helping me understand more intimately the human condition, which is why I studied therapy, because that is like one of the most efficient ways to understand the human condition and know how to serve people the best way. Um, so, Anyway, love and sales is kind of where we can kind of go with this, or business and love, or whatever you, you want to talk about. Um, I loosely call it a heart centered posture. and the point behind that is is that everybody is important. What we get taught in business school is the zero sum game, winners and losers. When you talk about it from a healthy perspective, it's a win-win-win, maybe even a win-win-win-win thing. Vendors and clients or customers, team members or employees, leadership, investors, everybody can win in a company that thrives based on uh, that heart-centered posture. And why does a heart-centered posture-based company or somebody working inside that arena uh, thrive? Because that they're attracting people to that practice. People are attracted to how they feel, and they can feel authenticity even if they don't know exactly what that is. Heart-centered companies that are authentically in that place grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, One of my favorite stories to talk about, there's two stories we could talk about, but one of my favorite stories to talk about is uh, Patagonia. They are what they call a B Corp, or a limited benefits corporation. They are not held hostage to shareholders. They are held hostage to their mission, which includes social and human-based um, uh, service components to their business model. So they will take some of their profits and use it for social good. Um, and then there are companies like uh, 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 Mondragon. I think it's how it's called in Spain, which is actually employee-run, not employee-run. In the sense of the employees, uh, maybe have stake in the company and they go work like slaves anyway. They the, the employees actually hire the managers. It's a democratic company. So that, and that's like to me that's like the ultimate of heart centered, ultimate of human component, human valued um, uh, engines, and so. What we can do, we don't, have to, uh, we don't have to run necessarily a completely democratic company, but when we start to listen to everybody in the company and value everybody's input and contribution and show them that we value and communicate that and share our vision and, re- and examine their vision and see how they, they combine or align, uh, that's when you get a heart-centered company. That's when you get a heart-centered culture. Richard Branson says, I take care of my employees because they're the ones who talk to my customers, and I think he's dead on
1: wow yeah that's brilliant i love that i I did want to acknowledge a a guest who's on live with us really quickly um deborah shared there's a iamheart.org i don't know if you've heard of that a good place to get practical medical training and helps her move through life so thank you deborah for contributing from our linkedin live community you were talking about hypnosis and, and things of that nature i think um we, we were just talking about mission vision taking care of your team right because that that's what keeps us going no one succeeds alone um and, and keep going with that or if there's anything you want to respond to that, that i mean growth. i
2: could just I'm, i i can i you know give me a stage and i don't shut up but the, the 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 idea here is is that if somebody's watching the clock and the dollars as their front center activity their business is in jeopardy period. Their profession is in jeopardy, period. And that one of the most challenging things for us as human beings is to step out of that fear-based posture that puts us there in that sort of metrics evaluation and lean in on the ideas is that I can lead from the heart and not from the head and let the heart make the authentic connections and more people will do business with me in the long run. It may take a little while to adjust to that framework. More people will do that business with me in the long run. More people will have relationships with me if it's not business in the long run by virtue of actually living a heart centered life. And you could call that spiritual or woo woo, or you could call that just practical. I don't care. They, it works, period.
1: Yeah, that's why I call myself now a transformational sales coach because if you're not transformed within, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. I was making tons of money, 20 to 40 grand a month, and yet. You know, my marriage was, a relationship with my kids, and and even my friendships. So I, I, I it took me a while to kind of like, write that ship. And it's funny, um, the reason my programs also changed, Brian. And I'd love for you to, maybe talk a little bit about this because there's still a lot of people struggling with. They think their success is measured on this measurement of how much money they're making or how many clients they're serving. So people would come to me for the past two years as a sales coach before I shifted to transformational sales coach, which is essentially focusing on the heart, mind mm-hmm. first. They're like, I just want the lead generation tactic. I don't want to talk about that mindset stuff or that that transformational stuff. Lois, well, I'm good. I've read Thinking Grow Rich 5,000 mm-hmm. times. I say my affirmations every day. I'm good. Just give me right. the strategy. And oh my gosh, Brian, guess what, even though the strategies are working for me, because I've been in sales for 23 years. So it's it's like breathing, you know, lead generation every day, sales every week, whatever. But they weren't getting the results, not surprisingly to me now. Um, but why is it so easy for people to get stuck in that? I got to have the lead gen strategy, I got to have the perfect landing page, I got to have the the perfect hair and makeup and, you know, all of these image things as opposed to wanting to go inward.
2: Right. Well, first of all, I'll just talk about, we talked a little bit about resistance before. And one of the reasons why we do resistance is because we're still holding on to things that we're afraid to let go of. Mm -hmm. So we, we sort of stick to some of the things we know so tightly that we resist those kinds of transformations and changes that are going to ultimately serve us and help us serve others. Um, and I would say resistance is the ultimate form of bypass. Or the, and conversely, bypass is the ultimate form of resistance. So we, uh, we, what I mean by that is, is that we think we can intellectualize ourselves to the goal. We can intellectualize ourselves to an authentic life. We can uh, intellectualize ourselves, just use willpower to make our heart front and center. And it just doesn't go that way. In fact, the Dalai Lama says the journey of your lifetime is from your head to your heart. Notice Mm. he has the word lifetime in there. You cannot just flip a switch. I read a book. You know, I think Think and Grow Rich has got some great material in it. But people will read the book and think, oh, I know it. Therefore, it's going to happen. I know it doesn't transform into heart knowledge. You've got to live a certain way. You've got to experience certain kinds of growth. You've got to develop certain kinds of enrichment in your journey releasing those things that no longer serve you because that's where your fear is and limiting aspects of your journey and all those other things. Yes. And just reveal the power of who you are. Like you were talking about that before. It's just like the, your soul is like a pure thing and the rest of it's all noise, right? In some ways. So it's like the, the darkness of our mind, it's probably a little bit of a low energy phrase for me, but let's just say the darkness of our mind or our intellect or whatever the case may be is because we have all the trappings of stories that don't work for us, including the modern trappings of success, which is cars in the driveway and, you know, trips around the, the house, world or whatever the case may be. 2.2 yeah. kids, the
1: right. American dream. Right, yeah.
2: Right. Um, and that could be part of an abundant life. So I'm not telling you to stop wanting that. I'm just saying, if that's what you're seeking first, it's You're probably not gonna be happy in the process of doing it. I mean, I'll even just go boldly and say, you won't be happy living the stories that other people have told you what success looks like. Your success is unique to you. And I will absolutely assert though, that if your success does not include some sort of internal growth and development and stretch and, and an appreciable love for oneself in the process, the ability to live in your truth, and trust that truth, and trust inside of all that the power of who you are. Then you will probably stay unhappy until you leave Earth. So,
1: yeah, and that's where I, I know um, I, I love the song "Hello Darkness, My Old Friend." Now it has a completely different, <laughs> a completely different meaning for me because it I was... this
2: for them too, by the way, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I was holding on to this darkness that, to a certain extent. Served me i wasn't consciously a victim but i with that people-pleasing behavior the binge drinking the workaholism i didn't want to accept and love my shame my worthlessness my darkness so i was just actually teaching a class on that before this is what i learned to get into my truth which is loving myself having passion for myself accepting who I am in all of its, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, which is a great movie, by the way, I watched that again, it's hysterical. But anyway, I was like, I I, I had to shine a light on resistance and, and ask myself some questions like, why is that here? Where did that come from? And how can I love myself through it? So the resistance is our friend. Our darkness is our friend. And that's how I was able to, right. the, the Cliff Notes version, shift. Right from stuck in the egoic subconscious wounding into my heart and being okay with not being okay and, and right. having grace and gentleness for myself instead of pushing, beating myself up, never let them sweat, got all my shit together, not really. But listen to me, really, listen to me, I'm successful. So I don't know if you have anything else to comment on what I just said.
2: Well, I was just to say is what you're describing here is the fact that we often, um, again, because of stories that we carry with us that can sort of, in you know, that when we, and they could be installed by parents. It could be multi-generational stuff that was handed down and it could be energy in the family when we're growing up. I believe things happen in utero and there's even room for discussion about past lives based on yes. studies. University of Virginia has been doing studies on people who have some dramatic stories to tell about lives they lived before they were in this life. And so it gives me a lot of pause for the ideas of, okay, so it almost doesn't matter whether it's in Euro, preconception, past life, genetic, generational, these memories that we use, they become our stories. And uh, I fundamentally believe that those stories um, that lead to friction points in our journey it's the friction points. As you were saying, like the darkness is your friend or the, the, um, or the uncomfortable is your friend. I say anything that's a friction point is your messenger and, your, and therefore they're your friend. So invite them in, have tea with you, uh, you know, share a story, have a song, let them move in. Embrace the non-positive that's showing up for you so that you can learn from it instead of avoid it. Because if you avoid it, that resistance is another form of bypassing and you're not going to get a chance to grow. You need that conversation and that lesson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Deborah. Deborah's chiming in again about the sound of silence. I just want to acknowledge you, Deborah. I'd like you, because this is funny. I mean, not funny. Ha ha. Just Odd. ironic. I've been talking about, and I call it spiritual bypassing, but you can call it whatever um, for the past few weeks. And it's come up a lot because when you do go inward, and you consciously choose to. I've still seen people uh, subconsciously because the wounds are so intense; they still stay up more in the uh, I don't know the the, the woo woo, not the woo woo, but the, just like the the yummy, blissful, the rah rah. You know that's why a lot of people go back to like Tony Robbins events and all of these mm-hmm. conventions and conferences because they think I just got to stay up. I, I I I I've looked at the shadow <laughs> and I got to stay up. And there's, there's an essence of still bypassing. So I know what that means for me, but what does that mean for you? And maybe explain it to our audience a little bit more.
2: Well, I think you actually might have just hit it on the head is is that we have a tendency. I have actually had clients who would go, I don't want to do all this stuff. I just want to go to the light. They're looking for like peace and bliss and love and all these things. And yeah, you can grab that stuff in moments, but there, and uh, I will say is that let's just, this is my definition of joy. Joy is that great feeling you have after you've done a stretch. It could be physical, it could be nutritious, it could be spiritual, it could be emotional. Uh, still, stretch is required. It's in our growth where joy is. So the carrot for going through that uncomfortable stuff is on the other side. You will actually experience not just happiness, you will experience a moment of joy that cannot be measured in the word happy And it cannot be felt until you get there. So, there's really good value in going inside and dealing with the uncomfortable stuff. Although it's uncomfortable when you're doing it because of the stretch that comes with it, you will be so ecstatic on the other side of that. And that won't last forever because new lessons need to arrive and new growth needs to happen. So, it's a kind of a climbing up and down hills, but growing, going towards a pinnacle. And then you may even get to a pinnacle. And then you go, oh, look at the other pinnacle over there. So now you have another journey to take place. We're all works in progress. Yes. Yet, until you've actually had an opportunity to get to the pinnacle of one place, Mm -hmm. you're going to see any pinnacle, no matter where it is, as a daunting experience or a daunting destination or goal or whatever. So the best thing we can do is get a good coach who can work with you. And I'm not trying to pitch coaching. I'm just saying I've been there where... The important part is, is finding somebody who can guide you to that pinnacle in the most efficient way possible and be there to catch you when you maybe misstep or whatever the case may be and show kindness in the process no judgment required Yeah. Um, and, and just get you there. And then inside of all of this, that kind of success will allow you to get clarity in what all the other successes mean to you. So mm-hmm. if it's going to be about money or business, which may be extension of what you do, um, great if it's about quality relationships or even dating, romantics, you know all these other things, then that will be a much better experience for you once you've started hitting these pinnacles than it is if you keep staying stuck in the valley.
1: 100%. Yeah, what you were talking about, totally beautiful, all, all uh, on the same page. My coach called it um, expansion and contraction. Mm-hmm. You, you expand for a little bit, that joy you were talking about, But then you contract and you'll have more of what I call the shadow work coming up and more things that that resistance can't go away overnight. I had one client ask me because I do a lot of shadow work, mother wound, father wound, Mm -hmm. um, religion wound, family of origin wound. I've done all of it with my clients in the last few months as I've transformed into my, my true self. And it's been so, so amazing. And yet they are like, I thought I already fixed that one, and I'm joking. They didn't say fix, but I—it's like I thought I—I I healed that, but now it's coming up again. I thought I thought it was over, and and to your point, it's a journey. There is no straight arrow. It's it's that it's that ride, and I think that's important to remind us because even like me, I was making tons of money in my first eighteen months of my podcast. I hit multiple six figures, but then I realized something's not right so I actually had to bust up a lot of my shadow work through a lot of it shine a light a lot of the resistance working with guides and 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 coaches along the way to help me hold me hold space for me and now I completely relaunched my business didn't make a whole lot of money in the first six months but now it's like all of a sudden poof it's just like fallen from the sky but it, it took me a season of hibernation and cocooning and really healing myself and definitely caused me to freak out at times because I wasn't making as much money, but maybe you can talk about those kind of like one of the last questions and we'll start wrapping it up here, Brian, but talk about also managing expectations of what these seasons of, of transformation might look like for someone.
2: Okay. Well, I, want to start with, let's, put this phrase on the table because I feel like let's say this is whether it's about you can translate to what I'm saying sales and business in the sentence but you can translate that into quality relationships and love interests and things like that so if you decide to pursue business and sales outside of a posture of love you deserve neither the business nor the sales Mm. I'll just twist that if you decide to pursue relationships with people without learning the posture of love especially self-love you will not only not deserve a quality relationship you won't get a quality relationship so it's very important that we do the work on ourselves and so that should be the carrot if you're frustrated with your life or unhappy in any way the carrot should be i want quality relationships i want uh, adequate if not ex- you know premium amounts of money in my journey I want adventure and fun and health and all these other things. If you want those things, your best shot at it, best shot, is to get into that place of authenticity that's so hard to understand and see unless you've started to climb those mountains and get to the one of those pinnacles. And once you've had a pinnacle, then you can have everybody else follow you. So if you wanted to be a coach or whatever else somebody wants to be, you know, so somebody can model their coaching after your coaching, uh, because they work with you and they get this great experience and they and they can go out and spread the word and make other people's lives better. But inside of this thing is this, not only do you not deserve or nor will you receive all those things you want if you get stuck in these um, non-heart-centered postures, but you won't be happy at all. And that's that's the crux of it. If you want those moments of joy, you want those moments, you, as you were using the in- expansion-contraction thing. But all I will say is, is that every expansion followed by a contraction, the contraction always smaller than the expansion. Yeah. So what's happening is, is that you are moving into bigger and bigger energies and understandings, and each of those steps begins with somebody who can guide you there, or if you want to figure it out on your own, great. But ultimately, I believe even if you try that, you are going to ultimately look for somebody to make it more efficient. So.
1: Yeah, it's, it, we're talking about raising consciousness here. I mean, that's, Absolutely. that's really what this is all about. Raising your consciousness in business and in life is is that expansion. And you're going to feel so much more fulfillment, so much more love. And people are going to feel that. How you show up in the world is is your light. And we want you to shine your light so bright, however first you've got to learn how to put your hand on your heart, maybe both hands some days, and, and truly love except forgive yourself for whatever the shadow is is showing you and and um i know brian uh, i'm going to ask you one more question i want to put up your your site it's also going to be in the show notes people can find you at brian dot now dot site um any last uh phrase or anything else you want to share before we wrap it up
2: i just encourage everybody to um to be open to happiness in your journey and be open to doing some work to get there. And in the end, your work will also be the work for others. So especially if you're a parent, because if you're not careful, the energy you're living with today will be imprinted on your kids by the time they get into their adulthood. And if you want your children to have less of a load, they're all going to have some stuff. Always. It's not going to... Zero it out, but if you want to give your children the best opportunity to uh, to excel in life at, at the heart level especially, then mm-hmm. teach them that and get there yourself.
1: Yeah, lead lead by example, and that's why I call it breaking generational curses and not mm-hmm. not not dissing on my family because gosh darn it, they were amazing. Mm-hmm. They brought me into this world and and uh, taught me so much. You know, they, we, they there's a phrase out there I saw the other day. You know, don't just focus on your ancestral wounds. They also gave you some good stuff too. And, and that's part of this journey is, is falling in love with your self and your truth and the good stuff that you also got. So um, I just want to remind people to go to Brian's website, um, briankbair.now.site. And also, um, I don't really have any announcements um, this month. Just want to give you a gentle nudge or reminder. If you want to be a, a sponsoring a contributor or patron of Healthy and Wealthy and Wise, as we are rebirth into this new space, heading into 300 shows, um, I would love for you to go to patron.podbean.com forward slash Lois Kofi. I'll start putting that in the show notes. Um, there's lots of bonuses, lots of benefits um, if you become a patron. So please go to that link. Um, We're going to be offering up distance healings and remote healings and doing a bunch of different things and giving you shout outs on the show, all sorts of opportunities for sponsorships. So please, please check that out. And as we close, Brian, I always close with this question uh, for all of my guests, because I love to learn from you, not only with what you share today. However, what is your perspective? What does it mean for you when you hear the phrase healthy, wealthy and wise?
2: Well, first of all, I believe that joy is in the blink of all those three. You can't, If you pick one over the others, you will have an, a, uh, a level of disharmonia or imbalance. And, uh, and I would uh, suggest that everybody look at being healthy. Comes, it includes being wealthy because you need to have some, um, it doesn't have to be super rich, but wealth yeah. enough that you can afford to take care of yourself nutritiously, be self-caring and maybe physiologically with exercise and all those other things. And then wise, that's something we've just talked about. I believe the heart center journey is where we do end up
1: being mm-hmm. wise. I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, this was great. And Deborah, uh, I know if you're still watching Deborah, please hit the share button. Um, I do believe that this message is something that will resonate more than ever. Like you said, Brian, with the great resignation. Um, we also have Sid. Uh, thank you so much, Sid. Uh, please go ahead, guys, and and share this focus on the heart today, because as Brian said, and, and I now know personally, uh, I had forgotten about it, but heart center business outperforms business as usual. And uh, we're heading into a new era, a new earth, um, a new dimension, if you will. And this is this is the way um, you'd generate and sell is with your heart. So Thanks guys. Tune in next week. Um, we actually have a real estate investor who leads with his heart and we're going to be talking about the real estate market and what that looks like right now as a lot of people do like to invest their money and look at real estate options for their wealth. So tune in next Friday at 1 PM Pacific until then guys, here's to your best health, your best wealth, your best wisdom. Thank you so much, Brian. all
0: right, all right, all right. Thank you for attending another amazing Healthy and Wealthy and Wise show. Thank you so much. Please subscribe, download, leave a review or a rating. And also if you felt like you could benefit from some help, maybe some magnetic mind support, maybe some lead generation and sales strategy, I would love to gift you a free month of my membership or go to bookacallwithlois.com. That's right, www.bookacallwithlois.com. And if you haven't had a one-time free strategy session with me, that's my gift to you today for attending all the way to the end. Here's to your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom.